Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. This is Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman uh, here just leaving uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium uh, after the Sooners uh, 45-13 to 13 win over UTEP. Going to try a little bit something different here this year, do a Twitter space and have a, a bit of a conversation with you all for our postgame pod as we uh, uh, leave the game. Uh, big... Uh, just a, a big day for the Sooners overall, obviously an emotional one for uh, Brent Venables, especially after the game. We saw Joe Castiglione present him with a game ball. Brent Venables uh, choked up a little bit, uh, but, uh, you know, really, really uh, soak this moment in for him from the start of the day when he takes a run around the uh, team hotel and gets a call from Dabo Sweeney to the Walk of Champions, which there was an incredible amount of people lined up for that, uh, much different than we've seen the last couple of years uh, as to greet the Sooners when they came in. And then obviously uh, the game. Uh, Jenny, what's the, the number one uh, takeaway you have from today? Yeah, I mean, uh, this was obviously the start of a brand new era. You know, a lot of a lot of things that looked different and sounded different in the build up and the aftermath of this game. But um, you know, what we saw in the field was reminiscent of some things of the past. You know, that up tempo offense. Um, we hadn't really seen it quite that up tempo in a while, so that was interesting. And then a defense that. Um, you know, obviously is going to have stiffer tests as the year goes on, but I thought did a good job, uh, you know, playing uh, solidly uh, throughout that game. So some things that harken back to, to previous times that I think people are going to like to see out there on the field. But uh, it was uh, it was a sort of a um, I, in a way kind of a bookend to I think, you know, Brent even kind of referred to the you know, fact that this felt like it took forever sometimes to get to this point. And so kind of a, you know, end of the prep and the um, build up to this. And now, now the season is the routine of the season will come. So uh, definitely a, uh, I think it might've been a, a, a more emotion filled day than maybe Brent Venables was even thinking it would be. Yeah, it certainly seemed to be. And, and Brent Venables talked after the game about, uh, you know, things sometimes feeling like they were moving really fast to this point and sometimes feeling like he was sort of, he said, living in dog years that, uh, you know, everything uh, slowed down uh, for him. But, uh, you know, certainly once things got going today, you know, it, it, the start of it went about as well as the Sooners could have hoped with that offense. Like Jenny said, just turning up the tempo the defense uh, putting pressure on UTEP from the start and making life difficult 
got a little bit dicey there in the second quarter, but uh, the Sooners were able to uh, regain control once that offense sort of uh, settled in a little bit, started establishing the run. Uh, Justin, uh, when you talk about the tempo, Justin Martinez, when you talk about the tempo that this offense showed today, uh, is this about what you expected? What did it look like on the field uh, compared to that? And, uh, you know, how important can that be for the Sooners moving forward? Yeah, I mean, definitely this is something that I guess you should expect it with how much, you know, they were talking about it during camp, you know, from, from Dylan Gabriel to Jeff Levy. They kept talking about the tempo. But even then, honestly, I wasn't expecting it to be this fast. I mean, their first three touchdowns in the first quarter, all of which came in under two minutes. I think only two of their scoring drives took more than three minutes this entire game. So, I mean, this was just – uh, remarkably fast offense. So much so, even Eric Gray, their running back, was kind of joking in post game that hey, he like needed a little bit of breather. He was saying to the officials, hey, can you maybe set the ball down a little bit uh, slower? You know, so I can catch a breather. So definitely, this is going to be a very fast offense this season. And I don't know if I was expecting to be this fast, but I mean, clearly, you could see that it was working today for him. Yeah, it it was something that you know, as much as we've talked about it, as much as I've seen what UCF has done, what Ole Miss did last year, and the speed of Jeff Levy's offense. It was something completely different to watch it uh, live and in person and uh, try to be tracking plays and, and things like that as the game is going on. Uh, and, and OU really took advantage of it. Like Justin said, their, their first three drives, three touchdowns, all really quick drives. And, um, you know, obviously had some uh, – Quick strikes there with Gavin Freeman, uh, especially on the end of round for the 46-yard touchdown. But, uh, you know, the other drives were just uh, get get the plays going, move the ball downfield, and, uh, you know, get that offense humming along. And I think, obviously, UTEP today overmatched defensively. There's no question about that. But as they get to better teams, that tempo is going to uh, – play a big role just because uh, not many defenses are going to be prepared physically for what they're going to face uh, in this one, Jenny. No, I agree with that. And yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because, you know, I, I under Lincoln Riley, I mean, I think there were definitely some times when the tempo was faster than it was last year, but it almost, um, it almost makes you sort of have to recalibrate your brain a little bit when you see the the you know efficiency and pace with which the Sooners played today. Um, I think it when you can do that, it does really challenge a defense that may not be prepared for that. And you know, UTEP not only like you mentioned Ryan being you know physically overmatched. You know, this is a team coming from you know. El Paso, where the humidity is probably, you know, 20% at the worst. And today was a soupy mess. So they they were definitely up against it in a lot of ways today. But it is going to be interesting to see, you know, how the Sooners regulate that speed because, um, you know, it, it did create some situations when they did have some struggles that the defense had to get back. Their own defense had to get back out there fairly quickly. You really don't want to sort of jeopardize yourself that way. But obviously that pace, if OU can play that way, um, I think that that's going to be a huge advantage because, you know, they they even though they got some good play today out of 
you know, the running backs, Eric Gray and those guys, they got some good plays out of the receivers, Marvin Mims. And you mentioned Gavin Freeman earlier having that, you know, big play, the true freshman walk on, but the, you know, having really standout guys at those skill positions, they just don't have a ton of them right now. So they're going to have to maximize what they have. And one way they can do that is if they can play faster and if today's any indication, it looks like they could go pretty fast. Yeah, and Jenny, I want to get back and talk to you a little bit about Gavin Freeman here mm-hmm. in just a second. But for, first of all, Justin, uh, for you, you know, Jenny talked about not having those sort of go-to guys really outside of a Marvin Mims offensively that they could really count on. Who's a guy today that maybe wasn't at the top of the list that uh, – you know, really impressed you or you really walked away from that game thinking, hey, this guy can be a really big uh, piece for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't know if I – I definitely wouldn't put him on, like, the caliber of a guy like Marvin Mims or something like that. But someone that was impressive was, was Braden Willis. I mean, you know, this is a guy who, for the most part, has been praised for his, his off-the-field leadership, you know, being one of those glue guys, a fifth-year guy. But, I mean, two touchdowns today – which already eclipses his total from last season. You know, they're going to need something like that out of him, especially look at Austin Sogner now gone. Um, you know, they – Jeremiah they, Hall. Jeremiah Hall now gone. You know, Daniel Parker wasn't playing today. Um, it was expected to help out at tight end. You know, for him, his production to be able to give you two touchdowns and just be a, a goal line presence, I mean, I just think that's going to be something that would be really big for OU if it proves to be consistent this season. Yeah, it will be interesting to see – how big of a role he plays, what that tight end role ultimately looks like, because it's not something that Jeff Levy has usually utilized uh, that much, but certainly with uh, what the Sooners have with Braden Willis, with Daniel Parker, who's mainly a, a blocking guy, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to uh, use that a little bit more. Uh, Jenny, let's, let's go back to Gavin Freeman, though. There's a lot of freshmen on this team and a lot of freshmen that we expected and and expect to play significant roles. But I I don't know that Gavin Freeman was a guy that we really would have circled there, but to, to take his first carry and end around for a touchdown, especially with his journey to get to this point, his family legacy with his father playing for the Sooners. uh, You know, I've, I've known the Freeman family for a long, long time covered uh, Muskogee back uh, just in the immediate aftermath of Ron Freeman, uh, Gavin's grandfather coaching there. And uh, I know that was a really big moment for them. For sure. Yeah. I mean, as you laid out, you know, this was a, this was a, a guy that I don't think if we had our, you know, freshman impact bingo card out, I don't think we had, I don't know if Gavin Freeman would have been uh, top of the list, but uh, yeah, gets uh, his first touch about midway through the first quarter and uh, takes it back across the field, uh, makes a guy miss. Then he bounces off a would-be tackler, keeps keeps his feet. Then he gets a good downfield block from Braden Willis, a guy I think Justin hit right on the nose. I was uh, equally impressed with what we saw to him today. But he gets a great downfield block just to give Gavin Freeman enough space to get to the pylon, and, and his first touch goes for his first touchdown. Uh, his dad, Jason, played tight end at OU in the mid-'90s. Uh, bounced around the NFL a little bit. His granddad, as you mentioned, Ryan, longtime high school coach in the state of Oklahoma, so very much a football legacy. But Gavin, because he's only 5'8", 
uh, was a guy coming out of Heritage Hall, despite some really big numbers, you know, Heritage Hall, uh, one of the, the better sort of mid-sized programs in the state, and they've cranked out some greats. I mean, whether it's Wes Welker or Sterling Shepard, I mean, just a, a variety of guys over the years. Gavin Freeman, not getting much in the way of Power 5 offers, got one about a year ago from Texas Tech. They sort of thought, hey, maybe we can do this Wes Welker thing again with Gavin Freeman. And uh, and even uh, after the coaching change from Matt Wells, uh, ultimately then to Joey McGuire, they, they kept uh, that scholarship for Gavin Freeman. But eventually, uh, Oklahoma, uh, with their coaching change, came in and said, hey, we like you to be a preferred walk-on. Would you accept that offer? And you know that's a big that's a big decision. You've got a you know scholarship to a Power Five, or you're a preferred walk-on. And there's a lot that is not given you as a, a walk-on. But ultimately, Gavin Freeman said, "I've always wanted to be a Sooner. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to Norman." And to, to have you know, we kept hearing about him throughout summer and uh, spring, summer camp, all that sort of stuff. But for him to come out and get that moment with his first uh, first touch in the college level, I mean that's it's 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 a it's an amazing uh, you know exclamation mark on this journey. And now it's just going to be interesting to see what else you know is is he uh, you know he was greeted first after the touchdown by Drake Stoops, another walk on uh, Oklahoma high school product. Does Gavin Freeman become like Drake Stoops, or or is there something even bigger out there potentially? more of a Wes Welker type role for him. Who knows? I mean, but this was a great moment for Gavin Freeman, his entire family. Pretty cool to see today. Yeah, no doubt about it. And be sure to read Jenny's uh, column uh, at Oklahoman.com and in the Oklahoman on uh, Gavin Freeman's uh, performance and, and what it meant to him and his family. I actually got a chance to talk to Gavin Freeman after the game, a little breath of fresh air, maybe for us. Uh, you know, I'm not one to, uh, gripe about who we're able to talk to and uh, things like that because a lot of uh, most people you know don't really care and and shouldn't but uh it was nice inside baseball there right ryan yeah (laughs) yeah but but jenny it was nice to be able to talk to talk to him in that moment i think cd lamb was the last true freshman uh that that we were able to uh, talk to uh you know after a game or in our midweek availabilities and uh, you know, just good to to be able to hear from him directly about what that uh, meant for him. Well, and I think too, it's a it's an acknowledgement that it was a special moment. You've got a legacy player. You know, his dad haven't been a Sooner. He gets to be a Sooner, and a walk on that scores a touchdown in his first first you know time he touches the football. Just the specialness of that, I think giving him a chance to give voice to his own story, you know, is an awareness that that's not going to happen all the time. And I don't expect that we'll see Gavin Freeman as a regular in the interview room. But, you know, I mean, I think in a, in a moment where it was a big deal to him and a big deal to a lot of Sooner fans. I mean, there's a lot of Sooner fans that are going to remember his dad and they're going to know his story and he's a local kid. I mean, I think that a lot of that tiles up where – it was it was really smart and savvy for you know whether it was Brent Venables or their their PR staff to say you know let's 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 put him out there and uh, I had a chance to talk to him too Ryan and he did a great job um, you know didn't do anything that anybody within the program would have thought 
you know, was, was, was untoward or that they wouldn't like, he was good. And so why not let him get out there and give voice to his story? I thought that was super cool. I'm glad we did get a chance to talk to him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Justin, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball a little bit um, with the running game and what we saw from Eric Gray today, his best game as a Sooner started a lot last year, but never really took control of that number one spot. Obviously, Kennedy Brooks had a fantastic year and ultimately became their clear number one running back. But it seemed like Eric Gray, this offense is made for a player like Eric Gray, and certainly especially when they really needed him to come through after things had gotten a little bit shaky there in the second quarter. Uh, It was Eric Gray that really uh, started settling this thing down. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you know, UTEP definitely was starting to build some momentum. They, you know, you'd had a few three and outs. UTEP scores 10 straight to make it 21 to 10. And Gray was definitely a guy who really helped kind of, you know, get back, get things back on track. I mean, 102 rushing yards on, on 16 carries, 6.4 rushing yards per carry. I mean, he, he was really good for them. You know, I thought the offensive line did a good job of freeing up some spots for him. And he's been a guy that doesn't really need a whole lot of space in order to create something. So, Really impressed out of him and just the the backfield in general. I mean, Marcus Major also had, you know, 54 yards, two touchdowns. They got that one from Freeman, like we mentioned, you know, the touchdown from him. Um, You know, there were questions going into this game. You know, is Eric Gray going to be one of those, um, you know, can he be a workhorse for OU? And, you know, while definitely they're going to need some of these other guys, you know, he, he looked pretty good, like someone that they could be able to lean on. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Jenny, uh, Justin touched on the offensive line there real quick. We, we had been hearing things that Juan J. Morris was you know, likely to be out, whether it was one game or a couple of games. He didn't play today. They uh, moved Tyler Guyton into the starting lineup and then shift Anton Harrison over to the right side, which with a left-handed quarterback is uh, a little bit more important uh, this year. Uh, how, how did you think that Bill Beanigo's group uh, held up? They did some rotations there. We saw McCabe Matower come out a little bit. We saw Guyton have to come out a little bit for a couple of plays uh, to, to uh, have Aaron Parks uh, slide in for a bit. But, uh, you know, what did you think about that group overall? Yeah, and there were definitely some times we saw, you know, some guys come out and Bill Beanigo show. He does not, he does not keep his emotions hidden you know if he's if he's not pleased everybody's gonna know it and there were a couple of times you could definitely tell he was not super excited about some of the stuff his guys were doing but um I I had a chance to talk to Eric Gray a little bit after the game about moving at the tempo that OU was moving tonight and I asked him I said what's what do you think is is central to that and he said it's got to be it's got to start with the offensive line those guys have got to know what they're doing for for that offense to move at the pace that they want to move so I think if you think about that which it makes a lot of sense that you know you got to have your 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 biggest guys the guys where it all starts they got to move up field they got to be you know mindful of what exactly they're doing and they got to be able to 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 be you know sort of that tip of the spear of that up-tempo offense and so I think if you consider that measure you would have to say they played pretty well now I'm sure that you know there are individuals and times and things that you know you can break down and we'll you know I'm sure the coach will look at it and say you know, there were there were areas, of course, of course, there were areas where they weren't great. But I think if you think about those, especially the times when they were really moving and uh, efficient, 
you know, that was there was some pretty good play up there by those guys. So I think considering that might not have been the lineup that, you know, a week ago today they were thinking was going to be their starting lineup or their main lineup. I think that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good sign if they had to plug in some guys and move some guys around that 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 group was able to do pretty well today. Yeah, I think you're right on the money there when you talk about the key to that tempo being the offensive line because it was a a, a big change for them to have to adjust to that kind of tempo, have to adjust to hey, once the play's over, we got to get up field quick to give our offense a chance to. Uh, run that play as quickly as possible and it seemed like they held up pretty well Dylan Gabriel wasn't you know scrambling around much uh back there uh was was fairly well protected but I'm really interested to see if Tyler Guyton uh seizes that role if he winds up becoming the starter there we'd heard a lot of really good things about what he'd done in camp and he is just you know there's a just a few guys that physically when you see them uh, on the field, on the practice field, full of really big guys that are easy to notice. And, and Tyler Guyton is certainly one of them. Uh, Justin, switching to the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, a really big day for Reggie Grimes. Uh, you know, a career type of day. He only had, I think it was, uh, you know, two sacks or three sacks last year. He had had, uh, or no, three sacks for his career, and he had two and a half today. Uh, just a, a really uh, I- important game for Reggie Grimes, who was a guy that a lot of us had talked about being, uh, you know, a, a really big piece of what uh, Brent Vittables and Ted Roof were trying to do on the defensive side. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you were going to need production out of him, you know, losing a guy like, like Nick Benito, obviously big shoes to fill. But, I mean, Reggie looked good today, you know, and this is – obviously UTEP isn't going to be on the same level as some of these other teams that are just going to go on to play this season, but specifically with their offensive line, I mean, they had numerous returners that were all conference USA honorable mentions last season. I mean, this is an offensive line that has cohesiveness. They have history together and are one of the better groups on the teams. And, you know, Reggie was able to, to put a lot of pressure on Gavin Hardison today. Um, like you said, he had three sacks his whole career, was able to come out today and have two and a half. Um, and then just in general, being able to to apply pressure. Um, so, yeah, really impressed with him. And if, if he is one of the guys that's that's going to have a breakout year for OU, I mean, that would be really big on the defensive end for them. Hey, yeah, one thing and, I'll jump in and say, too, oh, is yeah. if, if Reggie can uh, – if he can be a guy that can be disruptive, you know, at one end for OU, I think that bodes well considering – what Ethan Downs can bring to the field. He, he might not have had quite the wow today. There were definitely a few times he was in on plays, of course. But if those two guys can really be the the edges for the, that defensive line, that could be really huge. So to me, it's what Reggie Grimes did individually, good news for the Sooners. But when you add in you know, what that could mean for how offensive lines are going to have to try to handle both ends rushing, and it's those two guys, that's a that can add a whole other level to this defense. Yeah, that's absolutely correct, Jenny. And uh, you know, not only Ethan Downs, but you know, they have a couple other guys at that spot: Marcus Stripling, Jonah Laulu, uh, R. Mason Thomas, a freshman, uh, who who can make plays as well. And if you know Reggie Grimes and, and Ethan Downs are seizing uh, that top spot and uh, being disruptive on both sides. 
then, uh, you know, that's going to make life uh, a whole lot more difficult for opposing offenses and, um, you know, give this defense a little bit bigger feeling. I said going into the, that game that I thought that the defensive ends were going to be the biggest key for OU defensively in trying to see just how far this defense has come. And uh, we certainly saw that today. And on a personal level, this game was really big for Reggie Grimes. Got a chance to talk to him after the game. His grandmother was uh, diagnosed with cancer in uh, April. And uh, she had battled cancer, I think it was about 20 years ago, and was able to beat that. And uh, they, they found uh, some more lumps. And uh, she decided not to, go, not to start chemo until after this game because she wanted to be here to see Reggie Grimes and you know, wow. got a chance to uh, speak with him about that. Actually got a chance to visit with his grandmother, uh, Barbara Grimes, about uh, her journey and, and what this means to her. And she told me that you know, she wouldn't have had it any other way, that she, her doctor knew that she had to be here for this game and had to be here for her grandson. And, uh, you know, Reggie said that so much of who he is comes from his grandmother. He said he always writes, uh, uh, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but basically be who you are uh, on, on his wristbands and on his notes every day. And he said that that message comes from her to just be yourself and uh, don't let anybody else, uh, you know, push you away from that. And uh, just a just an emotional day for Reggie Grimes to have the kind of car- the kind of career day that he had today with his grandmother uh, in attendance. And I know they got to share some uh, pretty special moments after the game with a big group of family. I think they said they had seventeen uh, people here uh, from their family uh, wow. here here to watch Reggie Grimes. So a big one for them. Uh, Justin, uh, early in that, I touched on. R. Mason Thomas, uh, one of the freshmen who played today. We talked about the freshmen on the offensive side. You know, what, what did you think about the, uh, the, the freshmen on the defensive side for the Sooners? R. Mason Thomas, probably uh, the biggest contributor there. Also got to see some uh, Jaron Kinnick uh, for the first time. What did you make of those guys? Yeah, I mean, R. Mason is someone that, um, you know, has been getting a lot of uh, – a lot of praise from his teammates in camp. You know, Ethan Downs, I believe it was a week and a half ago or so, had said, you know, he's someone that you guys need to keep an eye on, you know, with, with his speed, ability to use his leverage and and really outwork some of these bigger guys. And, I mean, he showed it today without a doubt. You know, at half a tackle for loss, two total tackles. Um, you know, Gentry Williams also had that interception. Um, they're pretty much just the last play of the game. Um, for UTEP, so I mean, definitely, this it's an encouraging sight, you know, to see these freshmen be able to um, to contribute, and that's that's something that's so good about these non-conference games, especially, you know, in, in these games like against UTEP, where you know OU is going to be a considerable favorite. It's going to present a lot of opportunities for some of these these younger guys to also, you know, come out and and show what they've got. You know, Gavin Freeman being on the offensive side as well, so definitely a really cool opportunity for them. And yeah, a lot of these guys made the most of it. Yeah, as, as Justin talks about there with Gentry Williams especially, you know, these games early in the season against teams like UTEP, against a team like Kent State that we're going to see next week, you know, some of these plays that the young players make might not be when the game's on the line, but 
they can help get those players prepared, confident, ready for later in the year as their roles grow. We, I mean, heck, we saw that with uh, Danny Stutzman to uh, some extent and Ethan Downs last year. Their their roles grew as the year went on, and I, I think certainly these first couple of games can go uh, to, to building those things that might not make a difference in winning or losing now, but they might make a difference in winning or losing in November and December, Jenny. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually, I know you guys are still a little closer to the stadium. I've actually matriculated back to the house in Kent State, speaking of, uh, they're playing Washington right now and just hit a, uh, about a 47 yard bomb. So speaking of guys like Gentry Williams, I, I think Kent State's going to be an interesting test next week. I don't, I know we don't want to get into that a ton, but um, they apparently play up tempo. They throw it around a little bit. So I think uh, OU is going to have a chance once again to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to get some guys out there on the field and get them tested in situations that, you know, the, the stress may not be there like it would be from start to finish against a Big 12 team. But you're definitely going to have moments where you are going to be tested. Uh, you are going to be, you know, stretched to see what you know, what you've learned, what you can do. And, yeah, I think you can only – I mean, these early games, uh, you know, I think in a variety of ways, we hear it from players as you ask different kinds of questions. You know, a lot of it comes back to we just got to get on the field. You know, we just got to see what this is like, whether we're talking about, you know, offensive tempo or, you know, defensive changes or young guys. So I think that that is, you know, it's an it's an ongoing learning experience that uh, when you start talking about freshmen, um, these are all invaluable opportunities for them. And, yeah, I would, I would think that especially if the OU offense is going to play at the pace they played, the defense is going to need some guys to come in and spell starters because they're going to have teams that get a lot of possessions just off the fact that the, the offense is going to play so fast. Yeah, and, heck, we saw that here in the, the second quarter when it seemed like the defense uh, got a little bit winded and, uh, you know, wore down a little bit because the offense first was scoring really quickly, and then when they don't score, uh, was off the field with the three and outs on a couple of quick possessions. And, uh, you know, being able to go deep in those spots is certainly going to be big. Brent Venables rotated early in this game. He said he would have liked to have rotated uh, even a little bit more and gotten some more guys into the game, especially early. But uh, that that's going to be a work in progress. I do want to take a, a, a moment to answer a question from uh, D train there who asked uh, a little bit ago, why can't Megway play this year? I thought the transfer portal was a free for all and anything goes not quite a free for all. There is a deadline to that. And uh, he did not meet that where you have to enter the portal by a certain time, or at least inform your school that you're going to enter the portal by a certain time in order to be eligible that season, Emeka Megwa, the running back transfer from Washington, was not uh, able to meet that deadline. So uh, I don't believe he'll be eligible uh, this year. But we did see him on the sidelines today wearing a jersey. He is not officially on the OU roster, but we do have confirmation that he is uh, certainly a part of this team. And that's going to be a big addition for them uh, moving forward. Hey, I didn't know that. That's news I can use. I missed that. Sorry. So that that's good to hear. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, trying to uh, you know trying trying to inform here a little bit as much <laughs> as uh, as much as we can. And 
you know, uh, Jenny, uh, one thing wanted to, to wrap up as I, uh, walk around the parking lot, finally think, uh, going to have to make my way to my truck. So, cause it's, uh, pretty muggy out here right now. Uh, but before the game, just the enthusiasm that we saw, I talked about the walk of champions. It was incredible how deep the fans were around that, how fired up they were to see uh, Brent Venable's first team. We got to see OU players come out in suits, which was a little bit different. Sometimes it's been fun the last couple of years to see the players, you know, get their individual style, but uh, they, they were all in suits. Now they were different suits. They got, you know, to express themselves like that a little bit, but uh, it's certainly an interesting way to, to start the day. And you just felt going into this game, that, uh, you know, OU fans were really ready to welcome uh, Brent Venables in a, a different kind of way than even we saw in the spring game. I would agree with that. And Justin, I'm curious what, to hear what you, you think here in a sec too. But, I mean, like even, um, you know, everybody uh, that's been to an OU game knows they, you know, they do the there's only one video before the game. And <laughs> that was uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of Barry Switzer, a lot of Bob Stoops. But then at the end it was – both of them along with Brent and just a huge, huge ovation, you know, tons of, uh, you know, tons of people making a lot of noise. And it just really felt like people wanted to, you know, show that they were behind everything that was happening. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just one game, but there definitely was sort of a sense of, you know, um, people just wanting to show that, they had the back of this team, this new regime, this new era. I don't know, Justin. It just felt it felt like there was a lot of positive vibes going off the, out there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of excitement around this program. Um, you know, not just because of Sprint, but also just who he's, he's brought in as well. You know, he's brought in a lot of guys with, with OU connections. Um, a lot of guys who kind of, you know, are a little bit of a throwback to – to some of the older days for OU football. And I think that has also gotten people a lot uh, really excited. So definitely, I mean, there's, it's, there's a buzz around this program and, you know, it's a shame it was so hot today because definitely I think the, the stadium might've been a little more packed. Um, maybe would have heard the crowd <laughs> a little bit more, but I mean, at the same time, I don't blame them with how hot it was. So yeah, yeah I mean, even with that, it, it was a great environment for sure. Yeah. After halftime, things cleared out pretty significantly among the fans and yeah it's really hard to blame them with how hot and, and humid and everything it was today but all in all uh, a, a solid day for the Sooners a solid start to the Brent Venables era once again OU beats UTEP uh, 45 to 13 next week the Sooners will uh, take on Kent State we'll have quite a bit more about that but uh, hey thanks so much for listening to this we're going to wrap it up there with the uh, Sooners extra post-game Twitter space post-game pod, whatever we want to call it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We're going to try to do this thing after every OU game as we uh, make our way or make my way out of the stadium and uh, be joined by some folks. So uh, hope y'all will continue to listening. Thank you so much. And you can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the best OU coverage anywhere. Have a good one. (laughs) 